Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music, music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about growth mindset and the best route to get there with your students. If you want to read the accompanying article that goes along with this episode, go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 142. Well, hi there, lovely teachers. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Today, we're talking about growth mindset, and this may be a concept you're familiar with, or it may not. So we're going to start with a couple of definitions, or not official definitions, but my definitions of some terms. And then what we're really going to dive into is how to get to growth mindset with students who have a fixed mindset. All right, so first let's define growth mindset and fixed mindset, since that's our main key topic of conversation today. So the idea of a fixed mindset, if you have a fixed mindset about something, I would like to narrow it down to being about a specific area, then it means that you believe that your talent or your abilities or your skills or your intelligence in that area is fixed, or at least mostly fixed. So for instance, if you believe that you're just someone who's not good at maths, you just don't get it, you have a fixed mindset in that area. Now maybe you have a reason to believe that, maybe you have dyscalculia, and that really is true. But for a lot of people, we actually are just standing in our own way. And if we approach something with a growth mindset, meaning we think that we can get better and that Our skill in that area is mostly dependent upon the work that we put in, the effort that we apply to that area. That's a lot more accurate and a lot more helpful. This isn't to say that talent doesn't exist, that people don't have certain abilities built into them, or certain propensities towards developing specific skills. It is to say that most people overestimate that aspect and underestimate the effort and how much that contributes towards it. So this is all based on the work of Carol Dweck and you can definitely read her book if you want to know a lot more about that. There's one more definition though I want to give you, one more thing I want to set up before we dive into this pathway to growth mindset and that is the idea of extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. When we talk about extrinsic motivation, we mean 
something that you're driven to do because of external factors, things outside of yourself. So for instance, if you are motivated to join a gym because you want to look great on the beach in front of all your friends, that is an external motivating factor, right? If you want to join a gym because you want to get stronger and have more energy, that's more of an intrinsic motivation. It's something you were motivated to do from within. So intrinsic motivation can feel like the ultimate goal for piano teachers. It can feel like maybe the only way to approach music lessons. But as we go through here, I want you to stay open to the idea that it's not the only way to approach our teaching. Yes, intrinsic motivation is the best route to lifelong musicianship, to long-term success for your students. But if students come to you with a very low level of intrinsic motivation, and in particular if they come to you with a very fixed mindset about their abilities, these things are going to work together to cause your student to quit, quite honestly. They're not going to get to that stage. This is something that can develop over time, but sometimes students need a helping hand along the way. This is where this idea came to me of extrinsic motivation being a gateway to growth mindset. What I mean by that is If we can apply enough extrinsic motivation, if we can get students motivated by whatever means to complete a task, we can then focus on, focus their attention towards the progress they have made and their attitude then versus what actually resulted from that action. So let's go through an example, shall we? Let's say we have a student who isn't the most coordinated and struggles with playing scales hands together, okay? And this student seems to have a fixed mindset about playing scales hands together. They say things like, I just can't do this. This is too hard for me. I don't get it. I have practiced. It's not working. Well, if we believe that this student can play scales hands together, if we don't have another factor that would lead us to believe that this really is beyond the realm of possibility for them and that it's not a good goal for them, then maybe we need external motivation. Maybe we need a reward system, an incentive, a program to get them to work on this that is completely external. A sticker chart, praise from you, high fives, prizes, maybe a monetary, a pocket money system with their mom or dad, right? Maybe they need that in order to prove to them that they can get better at things like this. This needs to be used sparingly. And we talked about incentives and rewards and awards, and you know, for the most part, I'm not for them. I'm definitely not for studio-wide incentives that are focused on practice minute and where you get a prize for or a basically a payment for the end result and you can go back and listen to that episode for more about unpacking that area but when used sparingly extrinsic motivation these kinds of programs these kinds of incentives 
can spur a student on to do something that they wouldn't otherwise have done. And they provide us with an opportunity to talk to this student about growth mindset. We have to take that opportunity though. It's not inbuilt into the system. If that student works really hard because they know they're going to get double pocket money if they work 20 minutes every day on playing this hands together scale, right? If they achieve that and we say nothing, all they've learned is they need to be paid in order to work hard at a problem in piano. And that is the opposite of what we want, or not the direct opposite, but it's definitely not our goal, is it? If, however, we, after they achieve that goal, talk to them about where they came from. So you didn't believe you could do this, could you? Did you? And they say, no, I never thought I could. Or, oh, I kind of did. In which case, we need to start documenting their own words at the start of the process. But if we have that conversation and we say, oh, you didn't believe that you could do this. And now you have done it. And aren't you so proud of yourself? And if we just basically ignore the motivating factor that got them there and focus instead on the transformation that they have gone through and the evidence against their own belief that they were fixed in that area. This is where we can open students up to learning about growth mindset, to building a growth mindset, but only if we have that conversation. And I would add only if we get the parents in on that conversation too. Or at least it's going to be greatly enhanced if we can do that. So if we have parent education where we explain to them this difference, perhaps you, like me, do a parents' evening once a year and you focus on a specific topic. So one area that I focused on previously was growth mindset. And this is your opportunity to talk about the right kinds of praise around piano. Now, I would definitely stick to it being around piano rather than talking about right types of praise. It may bleed through into how they talk to their kid in other areas and that's fine by me, but I don't want to be dictating how they parent, right? But you can educate them in the area of their piano studies or their music studies and get the parents on board with following through with this at home. And if you do that, it will definitely have a, a exponentially greater effect than just you having this conversation in the studio. But even if you just have this conversation in the studio, even if you think the parents at home are focused on that monetary value, you can still have a big impact by bringing this up again and again. These types of extrinsic motivations, these types of reward systems should still be occasional. I don't believe they should be a constant. I don't believe they should be something a student can come to expect in your studio. But when you need to get a student over that hump of a fixed mindset, especially when it's in a specific area, but even when it's a broader issue for this student that is really endemic to the way they think about piano or everything in life, it can be for some kids, this can be a way to get over that hump in order to prove to them that they were wrong by their own actions. Because us just telling them, yes, you can do it, you know, you're the little engine. It won't always get us there. We need them to take the action so that they prove to themselves that they were wrong, that they can do it, that they do have more in them than they thought, and that it feels pretty good, especially when an adult is saying to you, talking to you about your achievement and how hard you worked and how proud you should be of yourself, how proud you must feel 
and really honing in on that feeling within them, it can feel pretty fantastic and it can be a feeling that they get addicted to. This is for sure not the only way to build an attitude of growth mindset and we're actually going to be talking more about growth mindset and particularly the idea of grit, which is really interrelated with this in a later episode. It's in a couple of episodes time and I'm going to give you lots of different strategies there. It's actually a longer episode than usual, but this was one simple gateway and almost a way to frame the rewards and the incentive programs that I believe is more helpful and might help you to find a place for them in your studio if you're reshuffling things after thinking about our topics in the last few weeks. So I hope that this was helpful. Please let me know what you think is the best gateway to growth mindset, whether you feel extrinsic motivation should be banned from the piano studio, whether it's a big part of how you do things because you teach a lot of young students and that's just reality. Let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. You can comment on the article over on the Colorful Keys blog, or you can come visit with me in the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Facebook group. I would love to hear your thoughts on this important issue. That's it for this week. I'll catch you next time. If you ever get overwhelmed by all the different teacher training options out there, Vibrant Music Teaching is the place for you. We nickname our members Flamingos because they're masters of balancing all of the things and making it all work in a way that isn't overwhelming. We have tools to help you do that inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.